Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz Podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Oluyamisi Famuyiwa, and she is an amazing fertility doctor, and we talked about something called fertility preservation, which is not a concept that I had ever really thought about or heard about. So you may think that this is kind of like, well, if I'm not 25 or 35, this is not relevant to me, but it's actually very relevant if you are 25 or 35, but also for those of us who have girls, you know, daughters or granddaughters who are in their 20s or 30s, because what Olu Yumisi was telling me about was that this is really about options. It's about creating choice in life that you don't have to have a baby now or you know your your daughter or granddaughter doesn't have to think about having a baby now but if you were to, to consider something like this there's testing you can do and then there's things that you can do to help preserve the health of your ovaries and the eggs in your ovaries and also there's something called egg freezing and Olu Yamisi talks about how you know, a healthy body means healthy eggs. So tapping into that is very important. So we talk about all of that in this podcast episode, and it's fascinating. And I really think it's a form of feminism that like, you know, it's 2022. Let's make it possible for women to have our careers and get deep into our careers before we start thinking about having babies and then saying, oh, well, now I'm too old to have babies. There are options out there for you, which is just so cool. So enjoy this episode. Hello, Olu Yumisi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Sure. So we talked a little bit about a concept that you uh, introduced me to I'd never heard of before, which is fertility preservation. Correct. What is that? What does that mean? Exactly. So let's let's delve into that. I think most women don't realize that when they come out of their mommy's womb, they come out with their full complement of eggs that they're going to have, mm -hmm. right? Your eggs start to divide from what we call pluripotential stem cells when you're in your mother's womb. Uh -huh. And they divide and multiply rapidly. And the most you'll ever get is around when you're 20 weeks old in your mom's womb. Mm -hmm. And you hit around maybe 20 million or so. And after that, they start to go through a rapid programmed cell death so that by the time you are born, you come out with anywhere from two to four million, right? Wow. Then when you start having your menstrual cycles, say at age 11, 12, 13, by then you're now down to like 200 to 500,000. It's wow. a rapid decline. Now, out of all the eggs that a woman has that she ever came out to life with, only 1% of them, if you look at it, the numbers this way, only, I would say, less than 1% will ever be ovulated. So 99.9 .9 are going to be lost. Wow. Then the way I like to explain it to my patients is every time you ovulate, you don't just ovulate one egg. Your brain actually selects what I call a basket of eggs. Mm -hmm. It picks one off to ovulate, and then it dumps the basket. And it's going to keep doing that till the hold is almost over. It's almost mm -hmm. empty. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. at which point you go into menopause. So when you go into menopause, you're not at zero, but you're mm-hmm. like probably close to between a thousand, a hundred or so like that, but not enough to have menstrual cycles. Mm-hmm. So what and what makes even worse to add insult to injury, not only are you losing the numbers, the quality of those eggs start to decline. Mm-hmm. So I call it a double whammy. So that if you were to wait, say, till age 40, you have fewer eggs mm-hmm. and the quality of those eggs are also lower. So a lot of women are having fertility issues in their 30s and 40s. What we need to let them know is probably the healthiest your eggs will be will probably be around maybe age 32 or so. Mm -hmm. Then by age 35, you see a much more rapid decline in both quantity and quality. So most women are busy. They're professionals, they're going to school, they're training, they're doing internship, they're climbing up the corporate ladder. So the last thing you have on your mind is, I need to get pregnant, right? You don't, it's just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And then later on, we think, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? How are we going to, um, how we, what are we going to do to have the right eggs that we need or not? So what we need Mm -hmm. to know is women, I would say in that age, when you lose the, we we have women that um, I would say, we look at the quality of the eggs that the egg, the egg quality starts to go down. So that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that we start to rule out is how, how, how can we get quality eggs and what do we do? So that's one of the things that we would, we would look at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the quality of the egg starts to go down with age. And what happens is if a woman doesn't choose what eggs that she's going to have ovulated at that time, one of the things that we worry about is, are we going to have eggs at a certain age or not? Some women who I would say, based on their age, they worry about what can we go to, can we, what quality eggs can we have? What, you know, we have to look at the quality of eggs that may be ovulated and what can we do at that point that we can, that we can look at? Well, let me ask you a question. So you're talking about women who want to get pregnant at a certain point and maybe past the age of 32. Yes. So basically... So we want to look at women that are in their 30s who could save their eggs before they get into their 50s and the eggs. So we worry about what quality eggs can can we have. But now, so you're talking about, do people have babies, are women having babies when they're in their 50s or this is? No, I think that if you look at, if you look at someone like Jennifer Aniston, right? Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. gives her story in Allure magazine where mm-hmm. she said, you know what? I tried, you know, to have children. She tried, I think she was looking, trying to preserve her fertility. She tried all she could. And then by late 40s, she decided it was too late. There was nothing she could do. She threw everything at it. 
So basically mm-hmm. what we're now telling our women is when you're in your early 30s, before age 35, and you think you might want to have children someday, mm-hmm. you can go through a procedure called egg freezing, freeze your eggs. Mm-hmm. And when you do so, you want to freeze at least 20 mature eggs, mm-hmm. all right? Because if you have less mature eggs and you thaw them later, you may not they may not be able to be fertilized. So it's mm-hmm. not only the number of eggs that you're going to freeze, it's also the maturity of the eggs. So if you freeze immature eggs, you probably want to go back and freeze more. Mm-hmm. Now, there were two studies, one in New York and one in London, where they looked at women who had had their eggs frozen when they were in their 30s. And they compared them when these women came back to the ones Mm -hmm. that tried to get pregnant without going back to use those eggs versus the one who went back to use those eggs. It turned out that the ones who used the eggs when they were much younger were able to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. especially if they had about 20 mature eggs. The ones mm-hmm. who try to get pregnant on their own then end up using IVF and getting eggs that wouldn't work and the quality was down. So in your 40s, it's almost too late. So mm-hmm. they end up, you know, using donor eggs at that point. Right. Now, what age should a woman freeze her eggs? There are some women, some studies saying before age 35, and I think science has borne that out. When they looked at patients who froze their eggs between ages of 35 and 40, you would have to freeze a lot more eggs Mm -hmm. to increase your chance of having one child. Wow. Then they looked at women who froze their eggs when they were, say, over 42. And especially in the study from London, the women that froze their eggs when they were 42 and older, who came back to use it later, they could they did not get any pregnancies at all in mm-hmm. that in that age group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The New York study got a few pregnancies mm-hmm. after age 40. So now when a patient comes to see me and she says she's 43, 44, I'm going to tell her, I think it's too late. You know, the chances wow. of us getting a viable, we would have to freeze so many eggs mm-hmm. that you probably don't even have enough to do so anyway. Mm-hmm. And then there's the heartbreak when they come back to use those eggs, when they thaw those eggs and find out they're actually not viable, mm. they're not fertilizable, and they yield abnormal embryos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another topic, because as a woman's eggs get older, their ability to be fertilized normally also declines. That's why you have the so-called incidence of Anoploidy, I call it genetic accidents, mm-hmm. happens to increase with a woman's age. Is ex- it increase in in relation to a woman's age? Right. So right. you have the the incidence of anoploidy. We call it genetic accidents increasing. You have fewer eggs, and you have less mature eggs. So it's a very um, difficult combination. So let me ask you a question. So let's say, so who would do this though? Because at 32 is like, yeah, you're still young and you know, <laughs> you're not maybe thinking about that. Is this something that you would say if there was, let's say your mother had a hard time or your somebody in your family had a harder time conceiving, 
then maybe start thinking about this when you're 25 or 30 or so. Yeah, I think 25 may be a a little bit too early. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, there are some in-home tests, or you can even go to your gynecologist and do some preliminary evaluation to check Mm. where your reserve of eggs lies. What is your capacity? So they can do things such as the anti-malarian hormone that can test your ovarian reserve. They can do an ultrasound. Is that? It's a blood. Okay, so it's not it's really blood, invasive at it's all. A, no, it's a it's a hormone produced by the small antral unstimulated follicles that are still within the ovaries, right? Mm-hmm. Your baby eggs, right? Uh-huh. So the more baby eggs you have, the higher this hormone will be. Okay. Now, if you check and you find that that hormone is low, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have bad eggs. It mm-hmm. just means that your reservoir of eggs may be lower than you think. Mm-hmm. And you might want to start thinking seriously about, whoa, you know, what do I want to do? Do I want to freeze my eggs? Do I want to, wh- what do I need to do? So it, it it's like a little bit of a wake up call. Right. Another thing you can do, which, which this one is a little bit more invasive, is to have an ultrasound done where they count the small follicles that are, in your ovaries. You can't see all, but mm-hmm. you will see some of the ones that are about to be stimulated by the brains. Those are mm-hmm. called antral follicles. Remember I told you they keep dying off anyway, right? Yeah. So you should be able to see some sort of dynamic activity in the ovary and see at least nine of such follicles combined from left and right. If you are only seeing one or two, a little bit of a wake-up call, you need to go check your reserve out, Right. So the first thing is the blood one, because that's non-invasive. The other one's a little bit more invasive because it's a transvaginal ultrasound. And you probably want to do those things probably close to around age 30. Okay. And the gynecologist would do this? Your gynecologist? They should be able to do it, right? They should be able to do it. Or women can reach out to any local fertility practice and say, I just want to check my reserve. I want to check where I am. And Mm -hmm. and most people can do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you asked a very good question. Who should be doing this? There are several classes of people. One of them, believe it or not, doctors. Doctors have the worst fertility outcome in the literature. Wow. If you look at one in eight women in America have fertility issues, right? One in four doctors have fertility issues. Oh, my gosh. And they have a higher incidence of miscarriage they have a higher incidence of pregnancy complications and they tend to they are now using more of fertility services more and more why do you ask well if you think about it around that age that i told you that's where most people are graduating medical school mhm but they're graduating medical school and then the next pressure is let's go to residency let's go mm-hmm. get our training right and that's not necessarily stress free <laughs> And the worst subspecialties are the surgical subspecialties, mm-hmm. right? Because they're up all night. They're, you know, in the OR. There's a lot of call. There's, there's that pressure. And most training facilities are not necessarily sensitive to the fact that that is a woman's reproductive prime. Mm-hmm. So I have this article I wrote out, and I actually published it in both Medium and um, Your Health magazine. Mm-hmm. talking about these statistics for women doctors and hoping wow. that we start to change something for them. 
you know, yeah. hoping that, you know, in fact, I, I my blog article says that the ideal medical school graduation gift may very well be an egg freezing voucher. Wow. Right? So, so what you're saying is, so like, first of all, as a doctor, a woman, medical doctor, you, you, you're at this higher risk. So yes. why not? Don't worry about when you're going to have kids right now, but at least go yes. and have it checked and maybe do the, the egg freezing so that Absolutely. in five years, ten, 10 years, you have these eggs that now you can to reuse. Yes. I mean, not reuse, yeah, and, but and use. <laughs> yes. And your eggs at that time, they're suspended, right? So now right. you're 42, 45, but now you're working with your 32-year-old eggs. Right. right. Wow. So your chances of having a child is much higher. Right. So we're, you know, I'm trying to get that out to medical residents, to medical Mm -hmm. students to say, yes, you are under a lot of stress. Yes, you are under time constraints. But let's take a little bit of a time to think about ourselves. Because a lot of female physicians in their 40s who are having these issues, when they look back, they'll say, gee, I think I would have made different choices, mm-hmm. right? And, and some of them end up either having to use donor eggs or going through IVF themselves or deciding, you know what, I'm, I'm just not going to have children. But my take on this is you don't have to make a choice because circumstances forced you. Mm-hmm. You can plan it and say, okay, on my vision board, I would like to have my own child. At some point in time. Now, you know, when what sort of family structure that's in, I'm not discussing that. That's not the issue. You have whatever mm-hmm. family structure you want, but at least have that option on the table mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when that option is taken away from you, it can be emotionally painful. Yeah, sure. Right? And another, so, so doctors will be my prime group mm-hmm. of people, I would say. Another group, I would say, would be professional athletes, right? Because oh. think about it. That's when they're at their peak, right? Right. I mean, you know, you're training for the Olympic or you're training for whatever professional event out there. You're in your peak prime form. So maybe they don't want to have children at that time. They're still building their career. They're still trying to set whatever, push whatever heights or limits they want to push. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that choice should still be there for them as well. That choice should not be removed by circumstance. Yeah. So they would also be one of the people I'll say should consider. Yeah. I know that most people have probably read on Allura magazine the story for, for Jennifer Aniston where she came out and she said in her 30s, late 30s and 40s, she was going through a round of IVF and she had fertility treatment and she did everything in her power. I mean, I think now she's at peace, but she tried and it just wasn't working yeah. at all. Yeah, it's sad. So we're saying this is an option that you should think about. But of course, you're thinking about it when you're least likely to need it, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the last thing on your mind, right? So you don't want the circumstance to dictate for you. Now, you know, maybe in another 15, 20 years, we, science would have advanced long enough that, you know, we can 
halt egg decline in the ovary or go find whatever atretic old egg is out there and reverse engineer it back to where it's healthy. I'm sure that science is it's being worked on, but we're not yeah. there yet. Right. Is there a way um, lifestyle-wise to do that? Absolutely. You just touched on a huge, huge topic right there. Your eggs, after all, are located inside your ovary, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So the health of your ovary is dependent on the health of your body. Yes. Right? Healthy body, healthy eggs mm-hmm. is what I usually tell my patients. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of what you expose your body to. Things like contaminants, volatile organic compounds, phthalates, uh, you know, uh, bisphenols. What do you expose your body to? What kind of food are you consuming? If you eat healthy, nutritious, so-called superfoods, those are the kinds of foods that reduce inflammation throughout your body anyway, right? So your whole grains, your vegetables, your fruits, nuts, berries, fish high in omega-3 like salmon, Mm -hmm. those things reduce inflammation. So reduced inflammation throughout the body will reduce inflammation in the eggs, resulting in healthier eggs. And then what I always tell my patients anyway is, you know, I eat like that and I'm not trying to have more children, mm-hmm. but then I want to reduce inflammation so I can live longer and healthier. Right. In, in sure. fact, there's, there's a book by Sanjay Gupta called Keep Sharp, mm-hmm. where he looks at dementia and he's saying, wow, can we reverse dementia? Can we correct it? And what do you do? And, and he started talking about all the things that I talk about to my patients with regards mm-hmm. to getting them healthy eggs is the same thing that's going to reverse or prevent dementia anyway. Right. So if you're not going to do it for your eggs, do it for your, do it for your brain. For do your brain for your, <laughs> or your skin. Your you do it for your older you. <laughs> right, right, right. Live right. healthier, reduce right. inflammation, reduce processed foods. This is the same thing I say about weight loss because my our business is we help women lose weight in a healthy, you know, balanced, sustainable way. And it's it is it's really like I say, weight loss is a byproduct of improved health. So if yes. you're if you're you know do the things that you would be doing anyway uh, to yes. for the, your overall benefit and yeah. and and you know weight loss can happen in a much more gradual sustainable way when you do it that way. So I I think that's a really interesting point. Well, guess what? Weight loss is very integral to success in fertility treatment anyway. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. For women who are extremely overweight, it's very difficult to go through fertility treatment. Mm -hmm. And they have a much higher risk of complications. Mm. Right. And if you if when you're very overweight, your body is in a state of inflammation. Right. Which is what we talk about again. So one of the things that I do in my practice too is work with a nutritionist with my patients and say, you mm-hmm. need to reduce the weight and, and, and I don't expect you to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not casting you out. Mm-hmm. You know? But nice. if you get help, we're all part of a team and we're trying to achieve the goal of success in your fertility treatment. So Mm -hmm. we have to approach it as a team effort 
and a wholesome effort. Yes. And, yeah. and part of that is definitely weight loss. Now, do you, do, does your practice do IVF and other types of fertility treatment? So you do the full yes. spectrum. Yes, we do. But because of your work, you're saying, hey, you know, let's, women, let's start thinking about this earlier. And Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like this is like, I know the word feminism has been like way over, it's just, we have to come up with a new word for it, but sure. it's a form of feminism because we are no longer oh, I'm, I'm 22 or I'm 25, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have a baby. Like, that's not the reality for a lot of women now, yeah. right? Yeah. So if we're going to be doctors and professional athletes and whatever else, you know, maybe you're a lawyer and you have a very fulfilling career and you're 32, you're not thinking about making babies. Yeah. But to say, hey, you know, medicine is here to help women live the life that they want, which exactly. is you can have a baby when you're 45 if you want. So we're going to help you with this. Now, but I have a question. Yeah. Are there risks? So let's say someone uh, preserved her eggs when she was 32. She's relatively healthy. Now she's 50 and she says, I want to have babies. Are there other risks just by virtue of being 50? Even if you have the, the, the beautiful oh, absolutely. eggs. <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, there are because... Pregnancy is a stressful event, right? Right. You're putting a lot on your body. Your uterus is going to grow. Your mm -hmm. your blood supply to the uterus is going to yeah. increase dramatically. So there's a lot of stress on the body. Mm -hmm. So you might want to not wait till you're quite 50, although my oldest patient was 50. I think mm -hmm. most programs will now say that, you know, at least where I am, they would discourage you when you go mm -hmm. past that age mm -hmm. uh, because there are complications as you get older. Your body can't take it. I mean, most people, some patients will come to me and say, well, you know, I, I, I heard this story in India where um, this lady was 72 and she had a set of twins. I'm like, well, you know what? That was extremely fortunate. That is not the norm. And she dodged a bullet. And, and you can have serious complications. Now, there are some women too. Here's another category of women that do freeze their eggs. Cancer patients, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get calls sometimes, so-and-so diagnosed with breast cancer. They mm -hmm. need to start chemotherapy like right. yesterday. And yes. we try to sneak in there and try to get some eggs out of them. Even mm -hmm. if they don't end up carrying the, the baby themselves in the future, they have that choice yeah. of using a surrogate. Mm -hmm. They can come back and, if they're cleared and, and, and do carry their own child. Right. But then you have the option of surrogacy. Yeah. So cancer patients can come back and say, gee, wow. you know, this is not taken away from me. This cancer hasn't taken yeah. this away from me. So, so I don't necessarily think of it as feminism or whatever. I think, you know, some people, and I know young people nowadays, they're more adventurous. Some people want to travel the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they want to go around the world. They want to sail around, you know, sail around. They, there are so many things, so many. The world is so wide and open. Mm. So many things that you can pursue. This just gives you the option yeah. to you know, basically have your cake and eat it too, you know. <laughs> Except don't eat too much cake. Don't eat too much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, this has been incredible. Like I seriously, 
honestly, before I read, you know, I read about you on LinkedIn and stuff. I had, I didn't even know this existed. I'm, I'm 52. So (laughs) yeah, I I had my babies already. I'm never doing that again. But, um, when I was trying to get pregnant, I mean, I just got pregnant. I didn't have to, to, I particularly didn't have any issues in that area, but if I had, I would have been devastated. So I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I really, really do. And, and I also am super excited. This podcast exists now so that people can listen. And, and like I said, you know, some people listening to this podcast are in their sixties and seventies, but we have daughters. I mean, I have, I have a 20 year old and a 17 year old daughter and the wheels are turning, you know, you can get, you can yeah. do some screening in your late 20s, early 30s, if that's, you know, something you're thinking about, do the screening. Exactly. You don't have to freak out about this, but there is this option available. Exactly. And, and honestly, for my kids, you know, 10, 20 years from now, 15 years from now, technology is going to be even better. <laughs> so it keeps getting better every day. It keeps getting better every day. You know, it, this is all technology, knowledge. It's all gearing to the point where we have mm-hmm. options. We don't have closed options yeah. anymore. The next hurdle will be access to these right. options. Now, you know, a lot of places are mm-hmm. working on that, and, and, and hopefully we'll be part of that team as well, because not everybody has equal right. access. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's easy to say, go right. freeze your eggs. <laughs> If you have access, but if you don't have access, it's a lot more challenging uh, for some people. So, but these services are being proliferative, and and now all over the world. So that even the most remotest of places mm. in Africa and in South America, they're having clinics come up and saying, "You have mm. options, right?" So you're getting young women who, you know, previously tradition may say. Well, you need to you need to go get married. You need to go get married and start mm-hmm. having your kids in your twenties right away. And by thirty, you should have like six or seven. There should mm-hmm. be options, and, and 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 furthermore, women shouldn't feel that they need to get into any mm-hmm. relationship because they're afraid they won't be able to have yeah. children yeah. later yeah. on. Sure, right? I just want to get pregnant yeah. to anybody. No, 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 no. That's yeah. not the way to do it. You can freeze your eggs. You don't have to jump into any relationship. You can freeze your eggs and sort things yeah. out later and then take steps where you feel, you know what? I'm exercising mm-hmm. my freedom, yeah. my choices. Yeah. And I'm choosing yeah, I my Yeah, I love path. that. I love that. I think it's great. And it's it's honoring women that we ha- we should be able to have that freedom that men have always had to just, oh, well, I'm 40 now. I'm going to have babies. And they just do it, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, not so well in men, believe right, it or yeah. not. Now the recommendation is that men should consider freezing their okay, eggs as well. Okay, yeah. They're, they're sperm. Yes, because we know, mm-hmm. yeah, we know that point mutations increase with a man's yes. age. The risk of schizophrenia and autism increases with father's wow. age. Sperm fragmentation. Mm-hmm leading to abnormal fertilization, increases with a man's age. So, and we're all in this soup, contaminated soup all over the world where fertility rates are declining, contaminants Mm -hmm. are increasing. I mean, 
the other day I was listening to a podcast on Apple News talking about the occurrence, the incidence of nanoparticles yes. of plastics that are so small, they're able to integrate themselves into, into our cells, into our very yeah. core being and, and mix up with our DNA. So we're all living in this contaminated environment. Mm-hmm. So fertility rates are declining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and men should sort of wake up yeah. as well. All right. I like that. Yes. It's not just the women who had to take care of this. It's, no. it's all of us. No, <laughs> we, we all do. Oh we my gosh. Do. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad I met you and I know about you. You're in you. Maryland, correct? Your practice is yes, in Maryland. Okay. You know, I actually, I have a lot of people who I've kind of connected with in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. So we might have some listeners, but I really appreciate your time today educating us on this uh, very important topic that, again, unless you are somebody who's maybe tried to have a baby and couldn't, you're not even going to be thinking about this. So uh, it's it's really important stuff to talk about. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Dr. Oluyamisi Famoyiwa. And Dr. Famoyiwa has her own practice in Maryland. It's called the Montgomery Fertility Center. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes so you can check out her practice if you're in Maryland. And she bootstrapped her own practice. So she is pretty, very accomplished, very intelligent, as you can tell from this episode, and really a super compassionate and caring doctor and and individual. So check her out and just see, she has lots and lots of accomplishments. She's very, as you can tell, she's not just thinking about you know, the latest technologies and research, which she is, but also that holistic approach, which I, I, I think is just so cool. Uh, and in a very compassionate way to help families with their fertility. So check that out. And also check us out at winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for with your nature, with your nature, weightloss.com, winweightloss.com. So you can check out our blog post there. And also we have an ongoing challenge that you can enter at any time. It's called the Love Challenge. And that is on our platform on Mighty Networks. And so that challenge is really just, you can go at your own pace, but it's a 12-day challenge where you will get real tools on how to practice self-love. And we know that in the pursuit of health and happiness and weight loss or you know whatever your goals are for your health, that having that self-love, that self-care, that compassion towards yourself is so important. So that's why I created this this challenge so that you could get some tools on how to do that because we all know we should be practicing self-love, but the question is, how do we do that? You know, you get some experience with that in the love challenge. So join us there. And again, thank you so much for listening today.